Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. Welcome everyone to October. It's a brand new month and uh, we're three games into the preseason when this podcast uh, is out. Actually, it'll be four games because we're recording on the Sunday. Um, so uh, yeah, it'll be, we'll be a week away from opening night when this podcast actually gets published to you. So that's exciting. I'm excited for it, but it doesn't seem like a lot of fans... I don't know. I just get the impression that a lot of Leafs Nation isn't into it quite yet. Um, and it's all because of this whole thing. You know, they don't care about the regular season and it's just about the playoffs. Well, sorry to tell you guys, we got to get through the regular season. So it's time to get excited. Let's get behind the team. And um, yeah, I just think, I don't know. I'm not trying to like deny the fact that it's been horrible experiences over the past few years, <laughs> but we just got to move on, right? We're being like, uh, we're being like Mitch and Austin. We're moving on. We're not yes, thinking about the past. New season, new potential. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And first of all, uh, next, I'd just like to take some time to apologize to my co-host, Syl. Basically, what it is, is I I watch, we have a YouTube, um, for listeners out there that haven't watched, um, on our YouTube channel, we have a couple of interviews that we had on Hockey Time Machine, and on one of the interviews, the second one on September 9th that we did, I kind of gave the impression that I got Sill into the game, which is totally not true. I mean, I, I actually didn't think that I insinuated this to begin with, but Sill mentioned it to me. So I thought, okay, I got to watch this again. And I did. And yeah, yeah, it came out a little bit wrong. So <laughs> Syl was, I just like to say right here that Syl was definitely a hockey fan well before she met me. <laughs> That's for darn sure. But yes, of course, yeah, yeah. I do accept your apology. Um, yes. yes. Let I bygones be bygones on. and uh, yes, we will yeah. move on. But uh, yeah. Uh, but yes, so you can find that, that those two interviews uh, on our YouTube channel, and we'd love for you to subscribe. And you can watch those two interviews where we were guests of the Hockey Time Machine, which is a, a YouTube hockey show. And we're so grateful that we had the opportunity to be on that show already twice. And hopefully we'll have more opportunities to um, to be on there as well. And you will also be finding audio of our podcast episodes um, that are soon to be available there as well. So please share with your family, friends, and coworkers and spread the word about Ladies Talking Leafs. Yes. Yeah. Please share because that's, uh, that's a big thing for us. Um, we, we're growing and we want to grow some more because we know there's 
tons of Leafs Nation out there that that can uh, that wants to listen or that can listen to us. Um, so yeah, it's a new season, and we're excited, and we want to share it with you. So um, up next, we just want to go over a few more important dates for this upcoming NHL season. Um, first, uh, the first date, I guess, is coming with the. From February 3rd to the 22nd is the Olympic break and the all-star festivities, the all-star game. Um, it will be in Vegas. So it's all together in that uh, little chunk there uh, from the 3rd to the 22nd of February. Then March 13th is the Heritage Classic where the Leafs are playing the Sabres in Hamilton at uh, Tim Hortons Fields. That's what it's called, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And then March 21st is the trade deadline at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And then April 29th is the final day of the regular season. And then moving into the postseason, the Stanley Cup playoffs begin on May 2nd. Uh, June 30th will be the last possible day for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, after the playoffs are over and we've crowned a new champion, uh, the, the July 7th will be the first round of the 2022 NHL draft. Rounds two to seven will go on July 8th, and then the RFA-UFA signing period begins 12 p.m. Eastern on July 13th. All right, now let's get into the show. We're, as we said, we're right in the middle of Leafs training camp, so there is still a lot of opportunity for the players to make a good impression on Sheldon, Keith, and Co. So with that in mind, we're going to talk about everything related to camp. So who's impressed, who hasn't, line combinations, the defense, and goaltending. And as a shout out to one of our top fans, Paul Baker, for all the way from the UK, he commented on one of our Facebook posts and asked us to talk about this. So Paul, that part's for you. Yes, and, thank you, uh, Paul. Yeah. And then we're also going to get into coaching. We have two assistant coaches, uh, Spencer Carberry and Dean Chinwith. And um, they also uh, recently gave head coach Sheldon Keefe a two-year contract. So... Without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. All right, so training camp. Like we said, um, we're three games in right now um, when we record this podcast. And um, who's impressed and who hasn't? So um, I'll let you go first, Syl, actually. Hmm. Who's impressed <laughs> sure. for you? I'm surprising okay. her with that. Yeah, so... <laughs> but, um, Who's impressed? Uh, obviously, uh, Michael Bunting has been uh, impressive uh, with his goal scoring acumen. Um, and the same player there. Too. Well, I had a feeling we might because yeah, um, yeah, not you know, not a lot of people that have to me, not a lot of people have really stood out. I another person who's really impressed me, I would have to say, uh, especially when we saw live on Friday, is Jason Spezza. That guy, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing in the off season, but he is so spry and fast, and the way he keeps up with people, um, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with with him for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. take anything for granted. Obviously, no, he's been I, through, I, he, so. he's a he's definitely working hard on his body, and I, I know that players as they get older, they do like fine tune things, uh, diet, exercise, all of those things. But and probably what he does also is different now than what he would have done when he was younger. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with 
uh, how he is like he is really streaking down the ice and no trouble keeping up with people. So, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, Michael, Michael Bunting for me. I mean, he's from Scarborough. Yay. My mm-hmm. hometown too. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think in the last show, previous show, like, I don't know, I, I didn't know too much about him. So, but everybody was raving about, or seemed to be very excited about what he was going to bring. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely showing that he can be that kind of Brad Marchand kind of annoying, uh, little idiot <laughs> sort of thing, but it's glad to have him on our side. And uh, yeah, just his demeanor and that, like you could just see he's kind of like a, he likes to be a shit disturber, if I could say that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so, and he's scoring goals, so that's good. So I think he's going to be uh, a pretty good replacement, like they said, for Zach Hyman as part of bringing that mm-hmm. kind of little bit of nastiness or or tenacity in the game. And then the other guy that I thought that I was impressed with was actually, he must've been listening to us from the last show is Timothy Lilligren. Mm-hmm. And I actually feel sorry for the guy though. I mean, he has been playing most of the time with Muzzin, um, but uh, which always helps when you're playing with Jake Muzzin. Uh, but, um, but I feel kind of bad because I was reading in an article and I included it in the, uh, in the show notes, but um it's kind of like he's screwed because of his contract because he's making he's making 925 I think against the cap and he has mm. these bonuses he has right. performance bon- bonuses mm-hmm. of like 400k which Robertson technically he doesn't have it and even the new our new um not our, from last year Rodian or Mirov mm-hmm. he doesn't have any performances either uh signing performance bonuses so um that part of it really, it goes against the cap. So right. it's, it's going to be tight to include him, but he's played really well. I he's think. probably like, going to be really... an up and down guy. Like somebody yeah. who's going, who's, who's down in the Marley's part of the time up here some yeah. of the time. Um, yeah. So that yeah. they so, can kind of massage those daily cap numbers. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I think he's played uh really well though but yeah he might, be a, he might be a year away from uh because depending Full on what time. happens with the morgan riley situation all that next year is going to be totally different probably yeah. an honorable mention that i do want to say for this se- section with uh who's impressed is is david camp also uh, because oh, yeah. Yeah. even like and again this is why going to live games you know Make it a priority, people. Scrape together your dollars and go because you see things there that you don't always see on TV. But having said that, I mean, he did impress in in the preseason game so far. But seeing him live, this guy is such a great skater. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think that is part of the reason why he is is been as good as as he is because uh, yeah he's I yeah, he's, he's going to be been really contributing good. too he's hundred percent and that's that yeah. was not expected so offensively um, yeah he may get yeah. more of an opportunity for that here than he was given in Chicago so um, yeah I, I think that's another one to look out for yeah. yeah all right so let's go on to who hasn't impressed so for me it's um. Wayne Simmons. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I know he's a down lower in the lineup guy, but I don't know. I was expecting a little bit more energy from him in the games that he has played. He's played in Montreal. Um, I guess uh, he played on a second line with Mikheyev and Semyonov. 
And then uh, and then in Ottawa, he played as well uh, with Kerfoot and Robertson, and that was on the top line. But I just didn't notice him a lot in there, um, considering he's on, let's say, the top line in that game in Ottawa. It's not that he's been bad, but um, I just expect a little bit more oomph from him, I guess, somewhere where you'd notice him. And then the other guy actually is um, is Travis Dermott. Now, that might be a good thing because, to me, it's been, he's been quiet on, on defense, which means you don't really he's not making any major mistakes, I guess. So that's a, that's a good thing, but he did play with Riley in Montreal. And then in Ottawa, he played with, um, Dahlstrom, who, uh, is somebody we got, I believe he's in the Vegas organization, but he, he played with their AHL, uh, team last year. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dermot, I don't know, but he's definitely got a spot. I mean, to me, he's got the number five position there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, Otherwise, and then like we were talking off air a little bit before we came on the show, the other guy, I I thought that I didn't notice. I noticed him a bit more in that blue and white game is Nick Robertson, mm-hmm. but he's a young kid and, and he's, uh, I was saying to Syl before we came on air that it's just that we need, we want somebody that's like the youth, the up and coming players, like to see somebody that's noticeable. And he's really the only one that we that we know that has that kind of drive and tenacity and he, he knows he's good and he just, but I don't know. I'm still looking for a little bit more from him. Yeah. Somehow. But yeah. So yeah, who hasn't, he hasn't really you? stood out that much? Well, um, <laughs> this is unfair to say because he hasn't played, but he doesn't impress me. And I just don't know how, when he does come back, he's going to be able to do anything to, to, and I just don't think they should give him a roster spot. I mean, this is Engvall. <laughs> yeah. um, like, I don't know. Like there's some new people that have been coming in, um, you know, making, trying to make a name for themselves. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I probably yeah, I shouldn't have started with him, but, but yeah. I like, he, I don't know. Like to me, he's, he's not been good enough that after not being in training camp and all of that, I mean, I know he's probably hurt and everything, but I, you know, I don't think he should just be handed a spot. So that's my say on Engvall. Um, Other than that, uh, the person who hasn't really, like I was, I'm going to say, and this might be unfair because he hasn't played with the full compliment yet. uh, Nick Ritchie hasn't really impressed me all that Mm -hmm. much yet. Uh, they're yeah. obviously going to give him uh, a look, and we're going to talk about this probably in in our next section here. But, um, yeah, I wasn't that I, that super impressed so far with him. So we'll see what he's got. Yeah. Um, with Engvall, it's funny they are saying that, like, because he has to clear waivers if they're going to send him down. Yeah, because I think it's one point seven million against the mm-hmm. cap, or one point nine million that he has. That basically against... gets asunder. Yeah, but they Just said saying. that that they were saying that like he's going to be picked up right away by somebody yeah that he he does have qualities that that teams want mm-hmm. and and need sort of thing so yeah but the thing is like this is probably i don't know is this a, a dubas versus keith thing where one likes him more than the other like i just don't think Keith yeah. trusts him completely um no he doesn't i don't think so either yeah so yeah I don't know. It's that Anyways. could that would that be a bad thing if they if he gets picked off? I don't know. Sometimes I think that yeah, I guess you want to keep all your assets. 
Yes, but um, anyways, we're gonna well, have we're to still, get under the yeah, cap somehow, anyways. So exactly, yeah, yeah. So anyway, with that in mind, uh, let's get into the next thing we're going to talk about, which is all the line possible line combinations. So basically, yeah. we're just going to go line by line here. the The biggest void. All the way down is on the left side. So um, first line, obviously, with Matthews and Marner, who do you think is getting that spot from what we've seen so far? Yeah. Yeah. So this is who we think potentially most likely will start opening night, basically, Mm -hmm. the line combinations. And by the sounds of it, like the first two lines are already set. So, I mean, it's not going to become a a huge thing. I would actually prefer it to be bunting, but it looks as though Keith is going with Richie on that top line. My my choice is bunting to go with Matthews and Marner, but um, he's going to try Richie at first. And uh, I don't know, he Keith. I was just reading an article saying like he really has uh, Richie has Nick Richie has really good hands in tight around the net and that. Um, so well, we did see him score score a pretty goal uh, in the blue and white game there. So in that exact yeah. spot. So, yeah, so it's going to, I think it's going to be Nick Ritchie on opening night. Do you think right. so too? Or do yeah, you have I definitely another? do. I yeah. think it's the same sort of situation, you know, when they signed the, their free agent guys, like last year, they signed Thornton and it was with the, one of the promises that he would get time on that top line to prove himself. I actually think probably the same thing was given, same promise was given to Richie. So yeah. uh, he's going to get you know, several games for sure to show that he can do something up there with them. Yeah. He's, it's, it's, I guess we have to kind of put that, you know, Hyman thing out of our mind because he's not going to be him. It's going to, he's going to bring something different to that combination. Yeah. Well, he's a big, he's a bigger body. For sure. So it's going to be different that way. Yeah. And what about with Tavares and Nylander? Um, Well, um, honestly, I would like to see McKayev get a shot there. I don't know yeah. if if that's what they're going to go with, um, but I actually kind of liked like the jump that I've seen in Mikheyev so far, and he's been putting and it in scored. a little bit. Yeah, more he scored of the, in the blue and white game. In yeah, the, and he scored school. in the shootout too. So yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of feel like he deserves a, a shot up there with them. But what do you think? Yeah, and if and if he did make that trade request, like I think yeah. and. Both Dubis and Keith, um, whether I'm pretty sure that hopefully they both believe this, but they're both saying that they want Mikheyev to be a part of it, like he's an important part of the team. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, like I'm thinking that they they also might give him that opportunity with uh, JT and and Willie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and uh, but if but on opening night, do you think you think he'll get it, or you think Bunting? Because I I just put Bunting in there as the as my option with JT. And, I don't know. Actually, I see, I kind of see, I, I don't know. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be my choice. I kind yeah. of would like, although he's, yeah, I don't know. It's tough because yeah. I mean, it's another only, uh, person that could get, could be up there would be Kerfoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because actually that was, that was decent in the playoffs, you know, when he played up there on the wing too. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think in the beginning he's going to get that. I mean, there's going to be a lot of mixing and mixing like, and matching on that, and on, on that left side, especially for that's sure. like wide people open. People out with different combinations. I agree. Yeah. So then, yeah. um, so then, who's getting um, 
third camp? center duties then. Oh, well, I put in camp in there, mm-hmm. dated camp. And mm-hmm. um, like, I mean, I know I had the option camp slash Kerfoot. And, mm-hmm. and again, but on opening night, I think it's going to be camp uh, with Kasha because mm-hmm. they seem to have something. I, I didn't, um, I don't know if they've played together with on the Czech team before, but they are both Czech players and mm-hmm. they, they know each other um, really well. So, and they, and hopefully Kasha will be, healthy yeah <laughs> for quite a while to uh to start the season especially and then moving on later in the season so that you can they can build something they seem to they seem to have some chemistry already and i just thought to put kerfoot on the left side i just mm-hmm. thought right and um and then uh yeah so yeah I, that I sounds know. like reasonable to me but yeah. we still have like a lot of excess players. Like, yes, I don't know, where exactly. are all these people going to go? So like, obviously yeah. then we haven't, you mentioned Simmons before. So yeah. then he's getting first li- fourth line minutes with Spezza yeah, that's, at center. That's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Mikheyev on the left, but I can't, the thing no, is, I can't like see, that, Ma- no, he's, it's, I can't see Mikheyev on the left because he's too, it's too low it's too to be low. on the fourth line yeah. for him. Right. So that's, that's where, there has to be something uh, like, especially too, like for the cap purposes, and and yeah. there's just too many players that they mm-hmm. need. They need to make a decision there, um, and yeah, well, and it'll probably be figured. I mean, some some people are or some players are going to be sitting out. Like even maybe Simmons might sit out a, a game, right, um, or two, or be in and out of the lineup a little bit. And even with Spezza, I mean. How old is he now? I didn't even, I should look that 30, up actually. But is he 30, 38? 38 is he or? Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to look that up while we're here. But the, um, but like he's going to need lo- like load management, I think mm-hmm. too, even though he he looks good. Yeah, but, but don't come, you think they'll do it like they did last year more with his minutes rather than him completely sitting out games? You know? Yeah. Limiting him yeah, to maybe. under 10. Yeah. That yeah, seems to be that was seems to be his sweet spot. Yeah, he turned 38 in June. So he's yeah, 38. So mm-hmm. um yeah, but yeah, so that's who I that's who basically of the four lines it's a lot of question marks there because of the excessive amount of uh like a extra player. We basically have three players for two spots really um on the right. left side. But um but let's just say if Matthews isn't ready to start the season, right? It, it actually makes it somewhat easier. Then I thought if Matthews doesn't start, isn't ready to start the season, I thought like you'd put JT with Marner mm-hmm. and put Mikheyev on the left side, right? And then um, had Kerfoot and Nylander together because they played together as well before, and put Richie right. on the on the left side, and then Camp and Kasha and put Bunting on the left side there. Mm-hmm. That's who I thought was, um, if Matthews isn't ready to play game one, although he's looking like he's, I mean, he's playing with the, um, it's the no contact, but he's been taking reps with the, with Marner and, and the team. So mm-hmm. hopefully he is able to, to start the season that way. But um, yeah. And for the deep pairings, this uh, is a little bit more cut and dry. There's not that the much. Top four. Yeah. The top four are set. <laughs> For sure. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody, it's Riley and Brody, Muzzin and Hall, basically mm-hmm. our usual dependable four there. And then, um, yeah, and then I think uh, 
it's Dermot basically as that fifth defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who do you have as the sixth defenseman? Oh, I think I think Sandine. Think I think Sandine is going to make it, yeah. and I think I think Lilligren will probably be our our seventh. Yeah, yeah, but the with Lilligren though, I mean, I think you were mentioning it to me too when we were at the game on Friday that um, like he needs to play. Right, I he do can't agree be sitting in the press box. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, why I mean be, that he, needs... he will be kind of our taxi squad guy. Yeah, uh, meaning the taxi from between uh, Coca Cola Arena and Scotiabank <laughs> Arena, um, because yeah. the other thing is they need like like we just mentioned that there there's cap cap implications also, and I really believe that the Leafs. They don't look at the cap situation on a, as a yearly thing. They look at it as a daily thing. So, oh yeah, they're going to yeah, be massaging sure. that cap cap daily. So <laughs> to kind of save the dollars where they can. So I I think that he's probably going to be splitting time between the Marlies and the big club, probably. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who's our specialist again for the cap? It's um uh, Pridham. right? Brandon Brand- Pridham. Pridham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll be getting his making his money this year. That's for sure. That's for darn sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but um, yeah. So yeah, and uh, yeah. The main thing, I guess, too, with with Lilligren is um, when it comes to the cap, like he has these performance bonuses of four hundred thousand, I guess, and so that Mm -hmm. really uh, makes a makes a difference when it comes to the cap. He was uh, one of the last uh, uh, Lamarillo picks, wasn't he? I think. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, think so. that Lou yeah. gave him that contract. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's There's still uh, a few of those that are kind of, you know, yeah, making life yeah, more difficult still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um what's next? Well, so we we basically goaltending yeah. that's sort of a done deal. Obviously, we know it's Campbell and Mrazic that are going to be splitting time. It's going to take some time to get used to the tandem goalie system, I guess. But who do you think is going to get the start then on uh, opening night? I actually want it to be Mrazic, but I think it's going to be Campbell. Do you think so? I actually think Mrazic's going to get the start for some reason. I was going to say that, but yeah. I don't know. I just think that they still... Well, they are like, loyal. and Not about probably, loyal, but I think well, they want Campbell, to, they you want know to, how he's hard hard on himself? Yeah, like he like you know the way he talks to the media and all that. Like maybe they, like I don't know in his head. Like if it, if that would be good to start off mm. that way for him. That's why I was yeah. thinking that. And it's it's a reward for what he did last year for us. So yeah, yeah. I mean you might be right, but um, I don't know. I just he looked good, Mrazic. Actually, he did. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he did. He and yeah, and actually, um, yeah, Mirazik is uh, actually his agent. I didn't know this, but Mir- Miroslav Fritcher was his agent. His player oh, really? Agent for I didn't know that. A while, yeah, oh. yeah. So he has a really strong connection mm-hmm. uh, w- with him. Um, and unfortunately, Miroslav Fritcher passed away, but he's uh, honored him. Uh, Mirazik, we mentioned this on the last show that he honored him by putting. Him on uh, on his mask along with Yuri Sirha, which who was a goaltender for the Leafs back in the eighties. So, yeah, but um, yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be Campbell. We'll see. 
We'll have to go back on this uh, after opening night and, and see where our <laughs> predictions ended yeah. up. <laughs> yep. But um, there's going to be some tough decisions, that's for sure, for uh, yeah, Sheldon Keefe to make. I'm surprised that they haven't made cuts. I really was expecting that there would already have been cuts made yesterday, but um, like yeah. more. Uh, but yeah. I guess they're they're waiting, so... Yeah, but um, that's why he gets paid the big, he's getting paid the big bucks. And speaking of that, we're going to move on to the coaching here. Talk about the head coach and uh, and his new assistants. Mm-hmm. So uh, Sheldon Keefe, obviously, the number one head honcho. He was just given a two-year contract extension. Um, his record as an NHL coach is 62 wins, 29 losses, and 12 overtime losses, which is uh, a 660 win percentage, which is actually second among active coaches. Uh, so were you yeah. surprised to see those numbers, those stats, given how we all the... sort of feel right now? <laughs> yeah. I was actually a bit surprised that they gave him the extension, but then I didn't realize that he's going into the final year of the contract. Yeah. So, and I thought, okay, well then that makes sense. Um, but something that actually, and the reason why I was surprised, I guess, too, like something he said in his opening presser, like in the, at the start of uh, just before training camp, they asked him, um, like, since he's been in the NHL, like, what he's noticed, like what he still has to adjust to. I think that's how they worded it. But anyways, he talked about the pace of the NHL uh, game being totally different than that yeah. of the of the AHL. He talked right. about that, like, again, he mentioned that. And I, I don't think and he's just talking about the pace of in-game play. I think he's no. talking about the pace of of the actual schedule. Um, yeah, and he said like the practice time, the recovery mm-hmm. time, it's different. managing. Yeah, he's saying managing that is difficult. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's difficult, but you've been here. I know you came through partway after Mike Babcock. You came in in November, so you didn't have a full season there in 2019-20. And then last season, again, was a shortened season with the COVID thing. and But still, it technically was a complete season. And I just thought, I really hope you understand the pace of the game now. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he does. But <laughs> I mean, I, I give kudos to him for being honest about that. I mean, it, there is a big difference between going to a city on a bus, playing three or four games in a row, and then having the rest week to practice with your team versus yeah. the travel yeah. that they have in the NHL and the days here and there that you get. And especially in the condensed season last year, uh, I 100% agree that that would have been a little bit of a shock and something that yeah. takes time to adjust to. So, yeah. no, he did. Sure. A, he did. A, I mean, I ha- we haven't watched just so that the people know that we haven't watched this all or nothing series either, because that's going to bring a lot of more information when it comes to Sheldon Keefe and his mm-hmm. coaching. Um, but, um, I, we're psyching, or at least I am anyways, I don't know about Syl, but I'm psyching myself up to watch it before I actually do. Well, um, at least there's no real spoilers because we kind of know how the season ended. Yeah. So, yeah, but he needs, what I think he needs to do is to find a more balanced lineup and like Dubis now has given him a lot of options because mm-hmm. he plays Matthews and he's, he's very dependable, like to depend on Matthews and Marner all the time. Like he needs to kind of um, have some sort of second, like when it comes to offense and, and like 
to try and mix in JT and and Willie a bit more there, like to give them a little bit more minutes. Yeah, I would like to see um, that him change their the the timings a bit. Like there's no to me there's no reason that Matthews and Marner, they're not so much better than those other two guys that they need to get 4 minutes more than them or yeah, more. Yeah, like 4 exactly. or 5 minutes so, more a game. Like that to me is ridiculous. So 100% agreed yeah. that that they need to balance out the 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 time on ice for all these guys. But I mean, overall, I mean, the extension is fair. He gets mm-hmm. the two years. It's really all about this year now. So yeah. um, he's, uh, and he's getting the full training camp, the full season to work out and do everything. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. Um, he deserves it considering all the things that have gone on. He hasn't had that complete regular 82 games schedule. I think it's, I'm, fine with it no and he has a winning record so yeah (laughs) really is like true yes like we haven't he hasn't gotten them over the hump in the playoffs but with all the stuff that's gone on he has a winning record so yeah really you're not getting like he's done really nothing to warrant him being canned and of course the leafs we know they're a wealthy organization uh (laughs) they can afford to eat that last year if they need to so yeah. All right. So moving on to the assistant coaches, because um, there's two new assistant coaches that we haven't even spoken about at all, um, which is kind of I know we mentioned this, I think, in August when we had our patio season uh, podcast, but we didn't really get into it. So the two new assistant coaches, uh, one of them is Spencer Carberry. He was AHL coach of the year last year with Hershey Bears, which is uh, Washington Capitals AHL affiliate. And um He's been put in charge of getting the P- Leafs PP going again, the power play. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that power play is is something else now. So this is going to be the third coach that, uh, power play specialist coach that's um, been hired for that. Uh, I guess there was that Paul McFarland originally who moved on. And then Manny Malhotra was in charge last year. And then now it's Spencer Carberry. So, um yeah, what do you think of what uh, the the main thing that I've seen and that they've put out in the media is that, and we've seen it on the ice, is they're putting Marner in that bumper spot in the slot there, um, mm-hmm. which a lot of people are saying it's good because Marner doesn't really have a shot like to be on on the flank, on yeah, the, on the on either side. He doesn't really have, even though he's been practicing the shot and he wants to have that shot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he not a threat the, to to shoot uh, from outside, really. So yeah, he doesn't have the power shot basically Mm-mm. to to get a great shot from from that distance, right? Right. And so we, by by being at that shorter different distance in front of the net, he might have a he should have a better chance. Or yeah, not to mention, and we kind of saw this a little bit because the third period of the blue and white game was um, all about um, uh, specialty teams, and yeah. you can see that they're trying to get him you know, going down that middle uh, to get uh, to either create a play or get a shot off. And um, uh, so they they were practicing that quite a bit. And I think because he's smart and agile, uh, he probably could create more in tight there, um, either for himself or for his teammates. So and yeah, it's-, it's actually... I did notice too that gave room for the other players that are playing with him to yeah. uh, to be more mobile also. So yeah, I saw gonna, a lot more moving around. Yeah, it's going to give a lot of um it's like that de- 
deceptiveness or the guessing yeah. game when mm-hmm. it comes to him being in that position, I think. Like, you exactly. don't know what he's going to do with it. He right. could shoot. And from there, he's, his shot is probably better. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he could also, being the playmaker that Mitch Marner is, he could also pass it off uh, and and get Willie or um, Matthews to give them the the one timer shots basically exactly that they're that they're really good at and uh, the other thing I guess I was thinking maybe Mikheyev will get some time on the second power play unit I was mm-hmm. thinking with um, with Spezza because he, he played last year on the power play and maybe Bunting I don't know like as another option as mm-hmm. a third uh, or as a second power play unit that's what I was thinking but um, but yeah no there's a lot of what I liked in that blue and white game too that we saw we talked about it was the communicate there's a lot of communication in that third period where 100%. it was special teams mm-hmm. they were really trying to like figure out things sort of because it's going to be totally new for all of them that these uh that spencer carvery is uh and i was like surprised like for a game like that like the discussions were quite intense the body language was serious at times uh at times it was light but uh they looked like they were were, you were saying so saying that willie was like a captain out there yeah (laughs) He was serious. Like, I've never seen him like that. Although then, you know, two seconds later, he kind of, you know, turned his head and flashed a smile for someone to take a picture. But anyways, (laughs) uh, but uh, but yeah, so that was also good to see because they're kind of, you know, they are taking responsibility. And I kind of saw that on the ice with the way they were acting um, with each other. So. That's also good to see that I think more of it is kind of be putting on them, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so on the other flip side of our specialty teams, we are looking at the penalty kill. And for that, they signed uh, assistant coach Dean Shinwith, who replaces Dave Haxtell, who moved on to coach the Seattle Kraken. So he comes to us from the Carolina Hurricanes organization, where he was an assistant coach, and he will be in charge of the D and penalty kill, uh, which definitely needs improving coming in at 24th um, in the league last season. Uh, a fun fact about Dean Shin with uh, is that he was chosen in the same draft as Brendan Shanahan in the 1987 draft. Shani was chosen second overall and Dean was chosen 13th uh, as a defenseman drafted by the New York Islanders. So interesting uh, with the penalty kill. Um. We came yeah, in we, the bottom half. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I just think, uh, I mean, I looked up, Carolina was actually third in penalty mm-hmm. killing in the league last year. Yeah. So they're pretty good. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's different players that they have there, um, but um, they got a really strong defense um, there. But um, from the sounds of it, like what I was hearing Tavares saying that it's really... Um, it's just the style is going to be more aggressive. They're going to be putting more pressure on yeah. on the players instead of just leaving them to instead of just leaving the opposition to kind of like gain gain the ozone um, so easily. They're going to mm-hmm. be pressuring them all the time. Yeah, so, that's um, what um, that's what even I have a quote here from Kerfoot saying the same thing. He basically said, yeah. "If we're going to be we're we're going to get beat, we're going to get beat through aggressiveness and not through passiveness." So that's that's actually kind of scary that he would use the word passiveness, meaning like were you passive last year? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Do you really want to yeah. admit that? But um, yeah. anyway, yeah. 
so yeah, like one of the things though that um comes into play uh with Carolina as well is the fact that Mrazic was their goalie now. It was a a small sample size uh for the games that he played because I think I think that uh he didn't have the whole season playing um but um one of the differences is that uh Freddie Anderson apparently from from the article that I just read is was not very good think- shorthanded he played. I I, I I think I read that same article that, and that's yeah. why I didn't I didn't include it in our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I added it, so. <laughs> um, so I'll yeah. let you say it because I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, he played forty eight percent of our shorthanded minutes, but allowed sixty two percent of the shorthanded goals. Where in contrast, Jack Campbell played thirty six percent of our shorthanded minutes, but only allowed seventeen percent. Um, so as I said, um, uh, Mrazic had a really good record shorthanded with Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, considering like, yes, we came in 23rd, but we were eighth best for shots against, uh, we were third best for neutering shots attempts and ninth best for expected goals against per 60 on the penalty kill. So, uh, you know, yeah. I Freddie yeah. could be could it be a factor and our new tandem that might be part of the reason they yeah. went this route, given were, that those two also- guys that we have now are are a, have a better record shorthanded, let's say. Yeah, they were also just saying, saying that, Yeah. <laughs> they were also saying that Dean uh Shinowith had a, may have had a extra hand in the fact that they got Morazic. Mm, yeah, because coming from Carolina, right, right, like with his, uh, with his, with his advice, sort of thing. But um, yeah, and and also familiarity. Yeah. I think you know goaltenders, they're kind of like you know, you know, pitchers in baseball. I think they are much more routine oriented, and they have very specific things they like to do and way they like to play. And knowing that you've got a coach that you're super familiar with and you know what he, you know that his tendencies and, and how he likes to do things, that's probably uh helpful. Yeah. When you're joining a new yeah. organization. So yeah, for anyway. sure. And one other off ice coach, I guess, that's gonna make a big impact, at least we think so, um, is Greg Harden, uh, who's been hired as the Leafs um, peak performance coach. And um, at the end of the last season, all the talk was about the lack of killer instinct. So um, check out our show notes, actually, um, in the uh, in the description in whatever app you're using. Um, and at the bottom, you'll find a link to a good article on Greg Harden. And he's helped athletes like uh, Tom Brady and Michael Phelps. Apparently. Yeah, and we know those um, guys never won anything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it'll be uh, interesting to see how. I know a lot of, of like Spezza has actually talked to him. They, they, I saw something about Jason Spezza talking to him, and Wayne Simmons as well mm-hmm. has already uh, had some, I guess, session sessions <laughs> with <laughs> Greg Harden. Um, so that's uh, so yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Greg Harden can be a part of bringing the killer instinct to us. I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> to our team, but um, yeah, well, it's all about developing we... confidence, right? So, and in keeping yeah. that confidence when it really matters. So, yeah. 
And the only guy we haven't mentioned really, we mentioned briefly, is Manny Malhotra, who is still an assistant with the Leafs and will also be behind the bench. Um, and Sheldon Keefe actually did say it was kind of difficult for him to tell him that he won't be running the power play um, uh, mm-hmm. this season. But um, he's still going to be there uh, as, a, as a support. So it's really going to be a bit crowded. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to have to look behind the bench the first night to see the four guys there and <laughs> in behind the bench and we will see how it goes. Um, yeah. And then a quick note before we go, just about the Leafs goal song. We want to get into this Holland Oates gold song, that, that goal song that a lot of people aren't uh, fans of. I, we like Holland Oates, but anyways, mm-hmm. um, if you saw our posts on so- social media this past weekend, you would know we were at the blue and white game. Um, and we actually didn't hear Holland Oates. So maybe it changes in the works. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, they didn't play that song after any of the goals. Uh, one song that did kind of stick out to me was uh, Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. They didn't really stick with it. I think they played it for like a couple. So I think they might be trying out some different flavors just to see what kind of fan engagement there was with some of these different songs. Uh, so maybe a uh, change is on the horizon. Anyway, I think part of the reason is that people are sick of it because there's just nothing, not much positive associated yeah. with that song, you know? So we kind of need to change, uh, start fresh with something new, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe we'll, I can we'll I can like that song again because now I'm kind of <laughs> sick of it. So, Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so a lot of loose nation will probably be happy that we that we've what we've said this. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. But before we go, uh, we want to thank all our listeners, and we would love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts on what we talked about on the show today, you can DM us on social media or email us at ladiestalkingleafs at gmail and be sure to follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our handle is at ltl nineteen seventeen. And another way to connect with us is at Kofi.com. We just posted some photos that we took at the Blue and White game, which we'd love you to check out. And while you're there, please follow us. And if you choose to, you can also support us by buying us a coffee. So any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. Find the link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. As always, thank you to our healthcare workers for everything they've done and continue to do. Um, thank you for listening and please follow or subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict, we would appreciate it if you could take the time to give us a review. Um, we'd love to get your feedback on the show and it will help to give us more exposure as an outlet for Leaf content. Mm-hmm. So stay safe and well, everybody, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Enjoy the rest of the preseason and get ready for the regular season to start October 13th versus the Habs. Go Leafs, go! Go Leafs, go! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.